This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. We've almost made it to election day. One more day. Hopefully we hear tomorrow, but let's be prepared not to hear about the winner until Friday. Let's just, let's set the bar low. So if we hear about a winner earlier, we're all excited. And I think I think any way that declares a clear winner by Friday is net positive uh, for the U.S. Um, but this particular video, I want to talk about all of the scary videos I've seen in the last 48 hours. There seems to be a lot of discussion about Great Depression 2.0. There's talk about a debt super cycle, that 100-year Great Reset stuff. And while, you know, you certainly never can say never, you certainly need to appreciate the history of debt cycles. Again, Ray Dalio, at least as I'm aware, the person really kind of at the forefront of that debt cycle, I did read his book and and understand what he's talking about. But what I really wanted to talk about today is there are so many videos and so many authors out there really trying to scare people. The biggest ones are talking about Great Depression 2.0. So what I did today is I spent the afternoon kind of trying to get my history about the original Great Depression. And I'm trying to break it down, you know, something that is very complex, lasted roughly a decade, had many ups and downs. I tried to put it together in a way that summarizes it, and then we could sort of break down each step and talk about are we set up in 2020 to repeat the mistakes the errors and the pain that came from great depression 1.0 so as my research today highlighted here's how the great depression started how the first domino fell and continued to cascade to more and more pain Again, if your research is different, you think I missed something, go ahead and leave comments below. Lastly, I create original content every day because I'm interested in being just a little bit better investor every day. I'm looking to help you be a little bit better every day. I am not trying to get clickbait. I am not trying to fool some YouTube algorithm. I am here to help, and I create everyday content just for you. So if you like that, you want to see these things, give me a thumbs up. And also subscribe. But realize, if you do subscribe, don't be mad at me because I have been known to create three to six videos a day. So just realize that those are coming. All six original about a question likely from the audience. So again, back to the Great Depression. How did it happen? How did it start? And what were the dominoes? One, uh, there's a general understanding. uh, Every article I read that the initial shock, the pin that popped the bubble from the roaring 20s was a initial stock market crash. The stock market at that time, 
there's lots of jokes in history about shoeshine boys buying stocks. It was very margin-oriented. And when the selling started, it couldn't stop. Uh, so the initial stock market crash was the pin. And then given the debt structure, the asset cycle in the 20s or in the 30s, what happened next is in order to raise cash to pay off margin calls and clear cascading debt, assets were sold. People sold assets in a panic for very reduced prices. And that was kind of domino number two. The panic sell of assets. You got to remember the the economy wasn't as integrated as it is today, where you could know in California what somebody is doing in New York, for example. But what happened as the market fell, margin calls, assets were being sold, that caused a deflationary cycle in other assets. So even if you were not in the stock market, but maybe you had a home or you had a store or you had something, there's a very good chance that your asset was worth less as this domino, this momentum continued to build. As the assets deflated, sorry about that, I had a wholesaler call me and I just hung up on them. So let's see, are we still going? All right, I'm sorry about that. I had a phone call come in. So where were we? Deflation of assets. The assets deflated and then that rolled into commodities. So we, we were seeing the inputs to assets, lumber, you know, other components, uh, steel, things of that nature become cheaper. That then dropped access and demand for credit. Yes, credit loans were still were popular then. As you will see in a minute, one fatal flaw they all had, including homes, was they were short, uh, they were short term and variable. So very, very different today, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Next up, besides the drop in credit, we really saw a disruption in trade. It became a worldwide phenomenon where goods were shipped on credit and no cash was returned. Very disruptive uh, to the trade. And then finally, as in the cherry on top where all of this ended was super, super high unemployment, record high, topping out at roughly 25%, one in four. And again, that one in four, just so we're not sexist, that was mainly men. Women had yet to dominate or be really an active participant in the employment picture back in the 1930s. So again, initial stock market crash, lots of margin, lots of shoeshine boys buying stocks, panic selling, deflation, commodity deflation, drop in credit, disruption in worldwide trade, and then boom, wide-ranging wide unemployment. So when you look at the Great Depression, there are generally two theories, one kind of... Um, a demand side and one a monetary side. There's, it's really weird that there's no agreement on what caused. I guess there's an agreement on what caused, but there's not a agreement on why the recession lasted a decade. Everything I read, there was a general either outwardly or subtle mention that the Great Depression shouldn't have lasted as long as it did. But here's the one. The first one is it was very a demand-driven inflation. 
what happened is we had reduced consumption and we had deflation, as we talked about earlier. Deflation in assets, deflation in commodities, deflation in labor, deflation everywhere. So in that cycle, holding cash, one. For all those people that call cash is trash, don't hold cash, do this, do that. In a deflationary cycle like what was experienced in the Great Depression, holding cash could be the best thing to hold. And that is something I haven't heard anybody talk about today. So holding cash in a cycle that could be deflationary, don't, don't just hold out because cash hasn't been a great return the last couple of decades. It could be interesting in a deflationary environment. And next up was the monetary side. There was a general feeling when people look back that the Fed tightened when they shouldn't have. They lowered access to credit. They didn't pump the economy full of liquidity. Very, very different than what we see today. I would argue the Fed is doing things, and it's not even an argument. They're doing things that I never thought possible, buying junk bonds, uh, ETFs, all kinds of things. It's pretty amazing. Another thing that you need to appreciate about the 1930s and real estate the loans that went on homes were very much like what caused the 2008 crash. They were short term. They had periods like three and five years and the rates were variable. So as stuff fell down and you would normally refi the asset with worth less, now you're upside down and pain ensued. That was something I didn't appreciate until doing my research today, how the mortgage market wasn't what we know it today. The mortgage market was very different. It was private. There was no government involved. Uh, the terms were variable and short. No 30-year fixed. So when you look at the Great Depression, what caused it, what's a part of it, I don't think we're really set up the same way. Could we have a stock market crash? Absolutely. We've had stock market crashes before. We'll have them again. Could that cause panic selling? Well, if you look what's been adopted in the stock market, margin calls, ratios, it certainly could cause stocks to collapse, but I do not believe it will cause the cascading of assets like houses and stores and other assets to be sold to pay off those debts. The market is a lot different. The regulation is a lot different. Could we have deflation in assets? We could. I don't see how that's possible today. I do not see how assets could deflate, at least in the near term. If interest rates, and that's the only caveat to this, is if interest rates double, yes, that will absolutely cause housing and other things to slow down, if not crash. But let's be clear, interest rates aren't going anywhere for at least the next couple of years. So it is interesting to look at that. I don't see deflation in assets. Now, commodities. Do we see deflation in commodities? Hell no, right? We see supply disruption. We actually see inflation in commodities. Uh, I would argue that one of the things we get out of this election is finally an infrastructure bill. And what is in infrastructure except a lot of commodities? So again, not looking likely. Access to credit. We're using credit less. We're actually paying off debt in this cycle. Go figure. Uh, but I don't feel that access to credit has dropped. It may have gotten harder. You may have to have a higher credit score. You may have to have more down. But I don't think that's a bad thing. Credit is certainly not turned off 
And if you're a business or an entity, probably never been easier to get credit. So I don't see that following. Disruption in trade. We've had tariffs. We, you know, it'll be interesting to see where that goes in the next several months based on who wins. I don't imagine trade getting any more disruptive, but it is possible. And then finally, widespread unemployment. I don't know. Uh, I think we have not yet seen Q4 pain with unemployment. I'm very nervous about what we've seen in Europe as far as really restrictive lockdowns. I don't see any of that coming to the U.S., knock on wood. But could it be local? Could we ask restaurants and bars to shut down again? Could we ask fitness studios to shut down again? Yeah, probably. Um, could there be some retailers that just give up? Yeah, probably. So I think unemployment goes up, but I do not. I do not see unemployment getting back to what it was in March. I think March will prove to be the peak. And I do not see Great Depression 2.0. I see maximum pain in Q4. And then best of all, folks, I think 2021 is where the American capitalist system gets going. We see record number of grand openings, record number of small businesses. We start to heal ourselves. We start moving forward. We start proving why this system is the best system. But we still have some pain. Q4 is going to be painful. I've said that for quite a while. Uh, but I do not see Great Depression 2.0. Uh, I do not see some kind of evil cabal out there kind of playing with all of these strings like we're all puppets. Uh, I don't see it. Doesn't mean it's not there, but I certainly don't see it. So that's what I have. I did some research, Great Depression 2.0. I really wish all of these big YouTube channels that are creating this content to scare people would stop. Let's be positive. Let's talk about opportunities. Let's talk about how we can position ourselves now for the future. We have tremendous opportunities. The biggest lessons learned I had over my 20 years of building a real estate portfolio is to be greedy when others are fearful. And there was no better year than 2010. So if you're in retail or restaurants or you want to do any of that, there are about to be lots and lots of storefronts, get long-term leases at very progressive rates. And let's see, let's, let's, set this, uh, let's set this place on fire and see some record growth next year. Let's, um, let's be positive. Let's, let's get through this election period. Let's see, uh, you know, I'm very, very happy with what we're going. So at the end, folks, have a wonderful, wonderful day. No Great Depression 2.0. Take care. Bye.